Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. All right. Well, this morning I want to be talking to you about David's army. David's army, which was like an elite group of men. These were amazing men. Um, and they were like God's greatest army that he ever had. Um, but uh, it, they didn't start out that way. In fact, when David's army first began, uh, it was be just beginning one at a time, right? Uh, believe it or not. But these were the people that nobody would have ever thought could have become a great people. And you see, God loves to take nobodies and make them somebody. God, you know, God likes to do that. I can remember when I first got saved, I was, I mean, there was a great move of God then. And I mean, we'd be going to these different meetings and I can remember some groups, they would be emphasizing, um, we are nothing and Christ is everything. And, you know, and then other groups would be emphasizing, um, you know, through Christ, we are everything. So it's, it's, it's like two sides of the same point. But I believe what God loves for us to recognize is that we really are nothing without him. And sometimes that's more obvious than others, right? There are certain people you could look at and go, man, they've got everything going for them. And then there's the rest of us where it looks like, man, look, look where they've come from. Look what they've been through. Look what's happened to them. Look where their lives have been. Look where they've messed up. Look at the dumb things they've done, right? And if I were to say who of you can, you know, say, hey, I've been part of that crew. I bet, you know, most of us here could probably raise our hands for that, right? That was these people. These people were the ones that had the most troubles, these were the ones that had all the bad luck, so to speak. Everything bad seemed to happen to them. And, um, you know, uh, again, nobody would have said, I want to choose these men to be on my team, on, in my army, right? But they stepped out. They stepped out and they trusted God with their lives. And it was a journey God took them on. It wasn't easy but God took these people who were willing to step out into a place of risk and personal vulnerability. God took these people and he made them into this great army that we still read about and talk about the things that they've done. And I just want to say, this is just how God does things in life. This story is for us today. God still looks for the ones who have been through it, the ones who are down, the ones who look like they will never make it. And he rejoices in being able to use them as an example of what he will do with somebody if they will just step out of their comfort zone and say, I am going with God. What have I got to lose? I'm going to go with God, give him everything. I'm going to trust him. I tell you, God will pick you up. God will change your life. God will make you into something great. And it's not just about being something great. I think that's important because I believe God wired us to want to be great, not by man's standards, but by God's standards. You see, God made us for greatness. We just don't exactly understand what it is, but there's something on the inside of us that wants to be great unto God. You see? So, 
Anyway, um, just to encourage you with this, you see, it doesn't matter how messed up you are. It doesn't even matter how messed you are, messed up you are right now, today, listening to me. Doesn't matter how much sin you're in. God's able to take your life. He's able to change you, transform you, train you, develop you, and make something out of you where you thought, you know, beyond your greatest imagination, where you can become something that you would have never imagined you could have become. Now I want to get into this story of David's men a little bit, and um, I have to highlight it by showing what David has been going through. You see, David is at the point where he's not king yet. He's serving King Saul. King Saul gets jealous of David and David's success. And so he drives David out of the palace. How many of you have ever been the, the focal point of somebody else's jealousy and they don't want you to do well? You know what? Don't worry about that because in God's time, God's going to be the one that elevates who he wants to elevate. And nobody can hold back the people that God wants to elevate. The big key is just do it God's way. Don't do it yourself. Don't get in the flesh to promote yourself. Don't get in your flesh to try to be successful. Sometimes you might have to forego success, forego what looks like the most prosperous way to do things God's way. But God's watching when you do that. And when you sacrifice to do right, you will always, always reap back from what you have sown unto God in a sacrifice. And sometimes it is a sacrifice to do right. But praise God, God sees that like a seed that has been sown unto righteousness. And he says, do not be deceived. Whatever you have sown, you are going to reap back. And you have to remember that in difficult times. You have to say, I'm going to keep sowing good. I'm going to keep sowing good. It will come back to me one day. And David made a decision. I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. This man's done me wrong, but I'm not going to do him wrong back because I don't want to reap back from that. I'm going to keep doing right. And it got harder and harder to do right. But he kept sowing right. He kept doing right. He could have killed Saul. And he's like, no, I won't do that. That has to be God if that's going to happen. But let God handle that. That's not my role. And you see, it's not your role to bring other people down. It's not your role to gossip. It's not your role to be bitter. It's not your role to get upset when somebody else gets promoted. And it's not your role to fight back with words when somebody attacks you with words. Hold your tongue and put it before God and let God deal with it. But you cleanse your heart and you let yourself be blessed. You might just say, I am not going to curse this man. I'm going to speak good. I'm going to be blessed. And no man can curse me. Man, that's powerful. What God blesses in God's time, no man can curse. When it's God's time to promote no man can hold back. Wait on God. Trust on God. He will do it in his time. Some people have been doing right, doing right, doing right for a long time. And doesn't the word of God say, wait, because in due season, if you don't give up. Man, I love that it says if you don't give up. That means some due seasons look like they're late seasons. 
But I guarantee you, and he's guaranteeing you in Galatians, he says, it will happen. Amen? I just love that. So anyway, David has sacrificed to do right. And he's been the one doing so many wonderful things for Saul. Saul drives him out. David goes out. He cries so hard that day. He can't believe what's happened to him. His friend, Jonathan's crying with him. And that verse says, Jonathan and David cried, but David cried harder. <laughs> it, it struck him harder. It, it's like, I can't believe what just happened to my life. I can't believe this catastrophe. This shouldn't have happened to me. I'm a good, I mean, I've been serving him. I've been doing what's right. And look what happened. This is so unjust, right? And so he's having to work through that. And he's out in the middle of nowhere, okay? Here's David in the middle of nowhere, in the wilderness, in the caves. One day he says he's acting like a crazy man because he was around some people he thought that might see him as, oh, that's David, the old general. We should kill him. So he acted crazy and let slobber come out of his mouth. Could you imagine any uh, leader of any nation doing that today? I mean, walking around like a crazy person, acting crazy. I mean, that's what David was doing one day. That's at the level of where David had gotten to. And when he's there in this situation, it says that uh, this, is, this is what it says. I'll read what began to happen. He escaped. This is uh, 1 Samuel 22. David escaped to the cave of Adullam. Of course, he's hoping nobody knows where that cave is. Um, but we know today where he went. And then his brothers knew about it, and they went down to see him. And then it says in verse 2, And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. And so he ended up becoming a leader over them. In other words, these started come. It was one. Hey, David, uh, what are you doing here? Um, I don't know. It just, you know, I just thought I should be here with you. Okay. I mean, David doesn't have anything to go to. He's by himself. And then others are coming. They start coming. to, Hey, David. Hey, what are you doing here? I mean, so here they are. And who's coming to them? The ones in distress. Okay? These people under stress are those people who've been under a lot of pressure in life. They're suffering in a state of misery or anxiety, agony, or stress. They're under mental and emotional strain. <laughs> okay? That's one category coming to David. Others are in debt. Now, to be in debt in that day was serious business. You can lose everything. You, can, you might even have to sell yourself to go work for somebody for seven years as a slave, you know, or something like that. You know, sort of like, okay, I owe everything. Uh, I guess I just have to give myself because I don't have anything else to give to pay for my debts except for me. You know, so take me, take my children. Well, we'll you know, so being in debt can be a very, very serious thing back then. Some of these people, I bet you got in debt because of bad decisions, right? And here they are. 
Other people probably got in debt because of bad things happening to them. You know, but here they are. Then it says the discontented were coming to them. Um, who are the discontented? Well, these discontented are people who are not happy with something in life. Uh, something's missing. And I have to believe that a lot of these people are discontented about various things. One of the things that I believe must have been there is they're discontented with where they are with God. They're discontented with, with where they are in the situation where they are with God right then. And they're seeing this is an answer. There's, there's something different here. If, if I will go in this direction in the new thing, I believe God is over there. And I don't believe God is here. And these people that are discontented are coming to David. Why are they coming to David? Because they believe there's some kind of hope there. There's some kind of answer there. Why do they believe that? I mean, that's just got to be the, the craziest thing, right? How could they believe that? David's got nothing. But, but what I love about this is these men leave everything and they follow God, these nobodies who are all messed up. And the Bible says, because of them taking that step of faith out of where they were, out of their issues. You see, it's so interesting. A lot of people will not step out of their issues. They will just live with them forever. I don't know why. It's irrational. doesn't make sense. But they're so bogged down in that. These people had all these issues, knew there's something missing in their life, and they go, I believe it's over there. I believe that's where God is for me. And so they take this step, and it says God took them in, so to speak. He made them whole. You look at the story of what happened. These men were made whole. Their faith was developed. God began to teach them not just that initial step of stepping out and, and following me. Now he begins to teach them and train them on how to do battle. Their stature increases along with their faith. These are men that, that stand for right for what's right. They stand in loyalty. I mean, when you read these stories of these men, it's amazing what God turned them into. And what God was doing, actually, is taking them and making them what they were meant to be the whole while. You're not meant to be discouraged, depressed, defeated, down. I mean, there's so many D's, aren't they? D's like a bad letter, right? They're distressed. They're in debt. They're discontented. We could say discouraged, depressed, down, defeated. I mean, so many D's you could be, right? You're not called to be that. You're called to be something in God that's victorious. Something in God that's great in God, you see. There's one chapter I love in the Old Testament that's talking, I call it the Old Testament chapter of faith. And it's about some of David's men. You see, it talks about some of these men just giving you some highlights, you see, of what these men became. What do you think these men could become? What can God do with these men? Well, down the road, we begin to see some of the things they did. And in First Chronicles, we see things like this. Um, it's talking about uh, 
This is the number of the mighty men that David had. And he talks about Jashabim. Uh, he had lifted up his spear against 300, and he killed 300 at one time. Now, you might not think that's, I mean, we watch things on TV, you know, some kind of superhero like Thor, you know, maybe kills 300 people. This wasn't some kind of fantasy, you know, Marvel comic thing. One man, one man killed 500 men in battle at one time. I mean, even if the men weren't fighting for, for somebody to, to wield the, 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 you know, the, um, his sword and strike three times. I mean, if I had a baseball bat, I could hardly even swing it 300 times. He fought 300 men in one time. Would you not think by the 200th time he's going to go, I need some help? I mean, this guy fought 300. He beat 300. I want you to understand something. I do believe he was skilled. I believe God was training him in what he was called to do, right? But God was with him too. You see, when God begins to develop you, he's developing you into who you're supposed to be, but he's going beyond that and he's empowering who you're supposed to be. You see, this man was a warrior. He was always called to be a warrior. He never knew it. He thought he was just always going to be in debt, distressed and whatever, right? He discovered he's a warrior, and he's flowing in that. And guess what? When he flows with who he's called to be, God's with him. And it just goes to the other, to a new level. You see, when you are your best in what God's called you to be, it's no longer just you anymore. You have connected with your God identity, your God purpose. And now you're not only flowing in your gift, flowing in what God's called you to do. You're empowered in what you're called to do. Man, that's amazing. So you just think about that. Me getting trained, you getting trained. It's not just about self-actualization. It's not just about your skill. It's about you connecting with your purpose and God infusing you with his power. And he goes, boom, fill him up. That's exactly what I made him to do. Amen. And there, there's so many other little stories here. Another one, you know, um, it's funny, it talks about this guy. He was in a field of barley. And I don't know what, it's, just, it's an interesting way for us to look at it. And it says, everybody ran from this man, from all these people. And a whole bunch of people left. And it says, but this man, he just stood all by himself. So what a, what a picture of that, right? I love that story because it's showing courage in the face of such, such intense opposition. He's able to stand and willing to stand when everybody else has run away. He's going to have to fight all by himself. And he's going, if I die, I am not backing up in this battle. I am going to stand my ground. Now, God looked at that. And in this occasion, God's going, yes, indeed. And he filled him full of his spirit, didn't he? And, and guess what happened? It says he defeated all of the ones that were in that field, all of the Philistines. And then there, there's so many other little stories. It's interesting. I mean, you know, one guy says he went, he killed two lion-like men, and he also went into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. I think about something like that, and I'm going, he went in a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. I mean, how many of us, have y'all ever seen a lion attack somebody? I, I saw one time this, this guy had gone out where these lions were, and he shot the lion, or I think he may have shot at the lion, but it looks like it didn't hit the lion. I mean, the lion starts running. I mean, in like no time, he's right there. He, he fell like right before he got there. But I was just, I mean, he was so huge. I was just thinking the lion could do that and knock your arm off. 
not even thinking about it. You know, and he could do that and just take your head off. I mean, just poop. It's nothing for him, right? This man looks down in a pit and sees a lion there. What would we be doing? I mean, since this isn't our gift. Looking down going, oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Somebody better put a lid on this thing right here. He might get out. This guy's going, hmm, give me a spear. I'm going, what? What? I bet everybody's going, hey, let's go see. What's his name? I forgot his name. Ben and I or whatever his name was. Let's go see him. Hey, hey, guys, watch. He's taking on this lion. Yeah. And they all watched him do it. And then they all rose up and they go, look what God did through Benaniah today. Oh, if he used him for that, he can use me and what he's called me to do. Oh, yes. God's called us to just step out in faith and do glorious things. This would have never happened with us had we not stepped out when we didn't feel like stepping out years ago. When it was dangerous to step out, this would have never happened, you see. And I bet you David is, when, when he starts seeing these guys, and he starts seeing, oh, look what God's doing with Benaniah. Look what God's doing with Joshua Beam. Oh, look what God's doing with this guy and that guy. Oh, I bet David was going, oh my, this is amazing. Because he's able to see what came to him, which was those who were taking a risk in God and being where God was and stepping out. He's able to look back and go, whoa, look what God did in all these people who risked their lives and stepped out to be where God was. Man, it's just an amazing thing. I think that's one of the greatest things in life is, is when you watch God transform a life. I just love that. I'm, I mean, I, I can think of so many here. Those that have been transformed over the years, those that have been transformed in the last few weeks and months. I mean, and it's the greatest joy. I sit back and just think about the transformation and it just brings a joy to my spirit, man, to think about that. It's just an amazing thing that God does. And I want to encourage every single one of you. There's not a single person that steps out to be where God is that God will not meet, that God will not heal, that God will not transform, and that God will not make into what you've been called to be and cause you to fulfill your purpose and fill you with the glory of God to do what you've been called to do. And you will do it and rejoice in it because you're doing what you've been called to do. There's a joy in being who God's called you to be. And God's in it. And that's even the greatest joy to co-labor with God. Man, what a great thing. And I just say right now, God's calling those people. He's calling you and he's calling us out of where we have been. For some of you, maybe you've not even served God yet. You need to come out of where you have been into the new thing. For some of you, maybe you served God, but he's moved on into something new. And you're still in the old. God is calling you out now into where he is. He is saying, come to me where I am. Quit just trying to make it where you are. You've got to focus on being where I am. You've got to do whatever you have to do to be where I am. You've got to step out of wherever you've been to get to where I am now. So God's calling us out to that now. I feel there's such a great, great call right now. God's beginning to show himself in the earth. 
God's beginning to show himself in new things. He's going to be in new systems. He's going to be in new ways of moving. And God's saying, as you come out there, watch. Yes, it's a difficult decision. But as you take steps to trust me with your life, to trust me with your future, watch me show up. Watch me reveal myself. Watch me come to you and change you, transform you. And watch me bring a lot of other people to your left and to your right to get the job done. I am telling you, it's going to be an amazing season. And I fully believe we're going to see God reach people that you would have thought would have been unreachable. You'd have thought these people would have never come to the Lord. I remember one time somebody told me, you know, I felt I was praying for someone and I just knew that person was going to come to the Lord one night. I just knew it. I knew that I knew it. And um, I remember that person came to the Lord only a few weeks later. And um, I remember people going, wow, I can't believe that guy came to the Lord. I can't believe that. Was just, that's just crazy, amazing, uh, just the, the, the turn and the flip. And, you know, every time that happens, that, that was just so involved in that situation. I brought it to mind. It came to mind. But uh, every time that kind of thing happens, I just love to see it. God loves to take cases that everyone would say, they'd never turn, but then they do. Now, in this story, y'all remember they, had, they came out of where they were, which was with Israel, with Saul, and they stepped out, and then they went to be with David, right? And they, they went like one at a time. So they didn't go as an army. There was not an army. They weren't joining an army. God made an army. They were just joining where God was, right? Where hope was, where they saw God being, okay? Now, when they left, they were leaving comfort. They were leaving everything. They were leaving their houses. They were leaving their possessions. There's no going back. Do you, do you see that? Because they're under Saul. Saul, and now is, he's against David, wants to kill him. These people are leaving to go with David. They're in danger of their lives. They're not coming back home. They're either going to make it or not. I mean, think about the risk that they are taking to go with David. It's a huge risk. And I feel like the resolve they had to have was key to them making it through the trials that they were going to have to go through. It was all or nothing. That bridge was burned on behind them, you see? And, and if you've come to Christ and you've left the bridges behind you, I will tell you, you will have opportunity to go back to those bridges. You'll have, to, you'll have opportunity to go back the way you came, to go back to the lifestyle you came from and not change very much. And I see so many people, they get started, but the first thing you know, because they didn't have resolve, they didn't let everything go behind, you know, they didn't make it into the new season. They kept going back over that bridge, back and forth, back and forth. And I will tell you this, if you go back and forth over that bridge, you're going to get burned one day, and you're going to end up on the wrong side of the bridge. That's just the way it happens. I've seen it too many times. When people play around with God, they're not going to make it. It's only make, do you only make it when you have resolved? Are you, you see what I'm saying? You won't make it half-heartedly. It's, it's not going to work for you. I'm sorry to bust your bubble if you think you can do it that way. It just doesn't work that way. But when you have resolve, 
When you're like, it's all or nothing. Hey, I'm all in on this thing. God's like, that's exactly what I require. You say, oh, no, he won't require that much. You take any little thing you get. No, he says, give it all. Give it all. That's the only right thing to do. And when we do that, we get free from all of that. You know, in the process of doing it, we feel bad sometimes. Like, oh, oh, feel, oh let go. Oh, I don't want to let go. Oh, and then you start thinking, oh, what about that? Oh, what about this? But when we press through that valley of decision and get on the other side and we've said, I've done it no matter what. I don't care about all these things. I've thought through that. I've thought through I've done it. I've given everything. God, I'm all yours. When that happens, it's amazing the transformation process that begins to work. It, it, it just, it works in a phenomenal way. Now, for them, I want you to see this. For them to go with David was where God was. It required a huge step of faith, faith. You see, they'd heard God was with David. You know, it's probably be like this. I, you know, you may not know the story. You'll just have to improvise and figure out some things with, with what I'll say. But, you know, it had been prophesied in private. David was going to be the king and, you know, some other things. And so happened. And so it was probably like a rumor. A lot of people saying things. Hey, I think he's going to be the king. Hey, he's going to be the king. Oh, he's going to be the next king. Oh, he's supposed to be the king. And probably some other people are going, no, 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 no. That's just a rumor. Saul is the king. Saul's supposed to be the king. David, da, da, da. David's usurping. David's this. You see, all that was probably going around at that time. It wasn't like everybody goes, oh, we all know David's going to be king. It wasn't obvious. And right now, probably the ones who'd been saying, it, David was a king. They're the ones going, uh-huh, see there? Look, see there? Look, where, where's David now? What's David doing now? Uh-huh, where's that? He's off by himself now, isn't he? He's not so cool anymore, is he? Is he? He's not so strong anymore, is he? They're not singing his praises anymore now, are they? Right? They're just like, hey, God wasn't in that. But somehow, these people saw past that and they were able to have faith in an impossible kind of situation. Look at this. David was all by himself. He was in the worst of conditions. He had nothing. He was nothing. He was hiding and running for his life. He was living in caves and in the wilderness. There was no army or group of people to join. What were they going out there to join? Are you all with me? What were they going out there to be with? <laughs> what made them do that? Think about it. What made them take that big step? First of all, somehow they believed God is there. God's with him. They believed that's where God was. Somehow, you see. Secondly, somehow they knew it was right for him, them to follow him. And to be where he was. And the third thing is very important. Then they made the decision to do it. They stepped out on faith. And I can tell you, I bet you most every single one of them, it didn't feel like faith when they stepped out and stepped away from all of that. It must have felt like risk, like fear, like vulnerability, but they said, I am going forward. I don't care what I feel. I've made up my mind. 
Man, I love that. And I wonder, 400 came to him initially. I wonder how many others were, were wrestling with the decision. Should I go forward? Should I follow? Should I give my life to that? Uh, what about this? Maybe it's not right. Maybe Saul's where I'm supposed to be. Maybe this is where I'm going to be blessed. Maybe things are turned around here in this situation. Man, and I'm going to have to, oh, it's a lot to have to do. And how many did God speak to and pull, but it got up here and they never ended up making that decision? You see, I believe that's what happens to a lot of people today. God pulls on them. God starts working them with them. And then they end up, for some reason, not stepping out. So, see, that's the whole thing. Your faith doesn't do anything if you don't step out. I hear a lot of people go, oh, I love the Lord. Or they'll say, um, you know, I'm serving God. Or da-da-da-da-da. But they're still where they were. They're not following him at all. That is no saving faith. It doesn't matter that you say you believe that he is. Even the demons believe. That's what it says in James. Even the demons believe, but they're not saved. You have to have faith that has put your trust in him. And you have stepped out and said, I'm going to put my trust over there. I'm stepping away from all of this. I'm stepping away from this camp. And I'm stepping out there in faith, trusting, trusting there's a refuge there. There's protection there. There's healing there. I'm just trusting my whole life to this anointed one I'm now going to follow. Wow. That's the way it is. You got to step forward. Hebrews 13, 13 says this about Christ. Let us go to him outside the camp. Let me read that again. Think about it. Let us go to Christ who is outside the camp. In my mind, there's no other biblical explanation or illustration, I should say, greater than this story to explain what that means. Let us go to him outside the camp. For people to go where God was, which David represented, they had to go outside the camp. Now, the camp of where we might be can be you described in so many different ways. It can be the establishment, what looks strong from man's side. That's where Saul was, right? Saul was the establishment, the strength and the power of what we can do and what we have. It's what's already there, right? That's the camp. The camp can be where God used to be. I know a lot of people, they get stuck where God used to be and God's not there anymore. Y'all with me? Did y'all know God was with Saul and God said, God had the prophet Samuel go, this is my man, follow him, King Saul. And later when it was David's turn, that's done in private. Are y'all with me? God publicly honored Saul, but then Saul fell. And in private, God says, now, David, you're the anointed one. You're the one. You know what I mean? So people are going, that's where God is. But God wasn't there anymore. And so many people have seen God move in the past. And they're so stuck with that. And they're not able to acknowledge 
Yes, God was here in the past, but He's not here anymore. He's not in this thing anymore. We can be in a camp of where God was. And God says, come out of that camp to where I am. We can be in the camp where there's little price to pay. There's, a little, there's hardly no price to pay from staying in Saul's camp. In fact, Saul began to pay people to stay there. He began to give them titles and, and land and material things just to stay there. There's little price to pay there. There's little reproach there. There's often reproach in going the way of God. There's often people that are going to put you down. You know what? You just can't even let that bother you. They're going to say, oh, you're making the worst decision. Oh, how are you? You're going to be one of those Christians. You're going to be acting like, you know, whatever to put you down. Christian, they love to put Christians down, right? You just need to learn to be bold and don't shy away. You should say, of course I'm a Christian. What else should I be? I'm going to serve God with all of my heart, and you should too. Right? Don't ever be ashamed of following God. Don't let somebody make you ashamed. I mean, you ought to be double bold when they say something to you like that. Like, what in the world are you talking about acting like that? You know, and, and, and again, there's so many other things. Uh, it can be just where you've settled in in life. What's comfortable now, right? God is hardly ever in what's comfortable. He brings comfort in your spirit, man, on the inside. But he often puts you in situations that are stretching you. He doesn't leave you in a place of comfort. He brings you in places where you're going to have to continually find comfort because he's always stretching your faith. But that's how he's going to make you in what he's called you to be. Amen. Hebrews 13 again. Let us go. Step out to him. Okay. It's not just to something. It's where he is. You see, that's the great excitement about this whole thing. Jesus says, follow me. He doesn't say, follow a religion. He doesn't say, just follow rules of success. It's all about walking with him. It's about knowing him. It's about being where he is. It's about seeing him, you see, and, and connecting with him. He says this in John 12, 26. He says, if anybody serves me, he's got to follow me. And where I am, my servant's going to be there too. The idea is, he's saying, if anybody wants to serve me, he's got to follow me. And where I am, he's going to be there too. In other words, when I move on, he's going to move on. When I take a turn, he's going to take a turn. The whole thing about someone that's following Christ is, it's relational. And he's connected with them every day. He's got his eyes on them. And he's sensitive to when he's moving and what he's doing. When we become insensitive to God, when we become connected to religion, when we become connected to just a form of religion and the form of what we are going through, our eyes have been taken off Christ. He moves on and then we discover he is no longer with us the way he was because he's moved on. And God says, come on, come on where I am. Seek me, you'll find me. Seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Yes, some of you that have even known him, he's like, hey, you know there's a new dimension. I've backed up, I've moved on, and if you will just seek me, you're going to find where I am now, and it's going to be amazing how I fill your life full of glory when you get there. Come on, I'm calling you on. I'm calling you forward. I'm calling you to pray. I'm calling you to press in. I'm calling you to connect with that discontentment on the inside of you that's saying, there's got to be something more. Even as me as a Christian, I know there's something more and I'm going to press in. I'm not just going to float along in life in the camp I'm in. 
I'm going to press into where it is, where he is. Amen. Oh, man, God is there. God is here. God is here. Jesus Christ is still in the earth. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, right? He is still in the earth. And people that want to walk with him, people that really want to know him, can know him. Oh, what a great promise. That's what it's all about. So I want you to examine yourself today. Are you where God is? Are you where Jesus is? Are you experiencing his presence? Maybe you need to step out of the camp that you're in. Where have you been? What's around you? Your lifestyle, your patterns, your habits. Maybe you need to step out of that. Again, I believe there would have been so many that would have said, David, oh, David, I believe you're a king. I, believe you, I do believe you're the anointed one. I believe, I believe you're, you see, I'm going back to the example I was saying a while ago, right? I was sharing where, you know, there was the question. I bet a lot of people would say, oh, David, oh, yes, you're the king. They would tell him to his face, oh, yeah, I know you're the king. I know you're the, and they probably did believe that. But they weren't willing to step out in that time. They weren't one of the 400, you see. And I believe that today, many people say, Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the anointed one. I believe he's the savior. But they don't step out of where they are to follow him and go where he is. That's what it is. That's what Jesus is calling every one of us to. Step out of where you are to following him. Man, I can just tell you, and 10 years from now, five years from now, or even three years from now, you're going to see so many people that you know. You're going to go, wow. Look how walking with God brought them there. Who would have ever guessed that person would have done that? I bet that's what they were saying about David's men, the people that knew him before they took that journey. I bet a lot of them were going, oh, man, that's the dumbest thing he ever did. He's going to lose everything. Oh, I can't believe he's done that. Watch what happens. Oh, they'll, they'll come back. They won't be serving God very long. They'll come back. But then after years, and then they're hearing about what God turned them into, and they're going, oh, I would have never thought that. That's what y'all are going to see. Man, this is so great. I can't wait till this room fills up and that room full of people. And we're going to be looking around going, wow, we ought to write down, you know, if we could just etch everything in our memory right now and remember this day and later just think, wow, look where everybody's gone. It's, it's just amazing what will happen. Let me share one. I guess we can call it somewhat of a tragic story before I close. There's this man named Jonathan, and he was he was like David's best friend. He was his best encourager. And Jonathan believed David was the anointed one. And so um, he's encouraging him. He's going out to him. But David goes out into the wilderness. Jonathan, who's actually Saul's son, never joins David. It's so interesting. When they're together, they're like, Jonathan goes, hey, I know I'm supposed to be your right-hand man. I'm going to support you. And David's like, yeah, yeah. See, and I believe that was God's call on his life. He was, Jonathan was supposed to be David's right-hand man. I believe that was his call. But guess what? When David was in the wilderness, Jonathan never went out to be with David. He stayed in the palace. He stayed in the old, where the comfort was, where he felt some kind of responsibility to be there. He ought to be there. Uh, you know, oh, oh, well, King Saul, I should be, I should. 
You know what? God was there and with David. David recognized, I mean, Jonathan recognized it, but he never took that step. Guess what happened with Jonathan? He ended up dying in the old. Wow, and that's such a great story or lesson. If you don't grab hold of what God's got, bringing you into what he has, you'll end up dying in the old. Jonathan never fulfilled his purpose. If you don't go forth with God and where God is, there's no way you can ever fulfill your purpose. It just can't happen. There's no way God can fill your life and make you super duper fruitful because you're not lined up with who he's called you to be, what he's called you to be, etc., etc. Do y'all see that? You see, but God says if you'll turn to him, he will no, in no way reject you. You know, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that shows that it's more difficult for people that don't have issues to come to the Lord. <laughs> there's more difficult. There's a verse, for example, that says um, it's, it, it's very difficult for a wealthy man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why do you think that would be? Why do y'all think it'd be hard for a wealthy man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Problems are solved. That's one answer. Any other? That's good. Whatever. I mean, what else? It's what? He's attached to material things. Pride. Comfort. Right? He, he's, he's not desperate for something else. Right? He's got all these things y'all were mentioning. And he's not desperate for something else. He doesn't want something else. He doesn't, he's not even thinking about eternity. He's not realizing he needs Christ or he won't have a very good eternity. He's so wrapped up in the day because everything's going great. You see? Now, it doesn't say a wealthy man can't enter the heaven, enter the kingdom. It says it's difficult. It's because of these issues, right? And it makes it more easy for someone who's going through difficulties to say, I am ready. You know what? And that's what happens with a lot of people. They go, I am ready, God. Hallelujah. And maybe to some of you here today, you go, you know what? I've been through this. I've been through that. I've been through that. And what have I got to lose? I tell you, one of the most sad things I ever see is somebody who goes through all of this. They're discouraged. They're depressed. They're weighed down with sin. Their lives are messed up. And yet they won't, they won't deal with it and say, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to step out of this thing. I'm just going to go on with God. Right? Somebody, I just hear almost somebody saying, by golly, I'm going to go step out with God. <laughs> I'm going to step out with God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to wake up. It's, again, it's the most sad thing, and it's the most ridiculous. You go, man, I could see why maybe some of these people are so duped into thinking they ought to. But look, you're like, I mean, what have you got to lose? Why, how can you, what are you trying to decide? What are you trying to figure out? Well, I'll do, do it. You're going to do what you've been doing already for however many months or years and think it's going to work out differently? You think life's just going to change and boom? You, no. Life is in Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, uh, tap into that discontentment if you're not serving the Lord. Or if you're serving the Lord and you're not walking in the things of God, your prayer life has waned. Your zeal for the Lord is waning. You haven't been pursuing God. 
You've not been pursuing his presence. You've not been pursuing him, even if it's in the wilderness to be wherever he is. You, you know, I just want to encourage you today to make a decision. You're going to pursue him. You're going to step out of the camp that you're in and you're going to step in to wherever God is and you're going to discover and encounter him. It's going to be amazing what happens. It's a great season. Great season. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the grace of God that comes to us to help us to raise us up out of where we've been and to bring us into where we need to go. Father, we pray for you to help us. God, we pray for you to empower us. God, we ask you for the grace of God to come to us now in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for every person that's heard this message today. I pray for grace that you'd speak to everyone for the willingness to step out of where they've been and give them a willingness to just to say yes to God. And for those of you who are listening and, you know, you're, you're like going, what do I do? How do I, I don't even know how to do that. I just want to encourage you with this. Just say yes to God right now. You might know, you might not know everything you need to step out of, but I would just want you to say yes to God. I want you to say yes to his will for your life. I want you to look at where you are and just say, you know what? I'm not going to hang out where I am. I'm moving forward. I want to be where God is. I want you just to to declare that to yourself. Declare that to God now. I want to go where God is. And I want just pray this prayer. Just say, Father, I'm turning away from this old camp. I'm turning away from what I've trusted in. And I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you with all of my life. I'm giving everything to you. I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning from my comfort. I'm turning from whatever I've looked to other than God. Anything that's held me back from running with God. Lord, I'm turning away from that. And God, I'm turning to you today. I'm giving you all. And Lord, I am putting my life in your hands. I'm coming here, God, but I am just trusting you. You're going to make it work. God, it's a big step of faith for me. But God, I'm stepping out. Lord, now I trust no matter what comes at me, what tries to bring me down, you're going to preserve me. You're going to help me. And you're going to bring me through. Lord, here I am. Here I am. In Jesus' name.